tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm! And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. Uh, big day. A big Mexican holiday here on, on uh, Tinfoil Hat. Very excited. It's a big day. Tommy Chong's here. I know he's half Asian, but I'm sure there's some Latino in there as well, right? Dude, there's, he really doesn't smoke the same. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm going to take it out. He's on a whole different level. He's on a whole different level. Uh, you know Xavier Guerrero from his hit show, We Don't Smoke the Same, now soon to be available on Rockfin? Yes, yes, yes. Starting uh, two weeks from now. All right, perfect. So you can Rockfin. go check that com, out. Yes. And on the ones or two, the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Woodard, a.k.a. Johnny Nice. Big show today. Tommy Jay Chung. Nice. Jay Nice. Loving Tommy Chung. Uh, it's stoked, a yeah. great show. I hope you guys will enjoy this show. And I'm going to say this right now. Please focus on the similarities yeah. and not on the differences. The end of the show is possibly the greatest moment on Tim Fall Hat. And I don't want you to get lost in differences. Okay? Trust me when I say that. Enjoy the show. It is great. And if you want to see me lie, Tommy Chong knocks it out of the park. I, I, I mean, dude, it's, it's not even Mount Rushmore. It's maybe one of the greatest episodes I feel we've ever done. So, and that's just me. I, what do you guys think? I mean, I thought it was pretty amazing. We didn't talk. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, I didn't talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. For the people that are always like, shut up, Sam. You're going to love it. Yeah. This could be your favorite episode. Right? And so uh, you guys are going to love this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. And again, Focus on the similarities, not on the differences. It's a very re- that's a very recovery way of taking it, guys. I'm so excited. I'm gonna be back in Austin, okay, this weekend. It is the ninth and tenth. I am at the Romo Room, okay, with my good friend Augustino Zoida, okay, and a couple locals from out there. And I'm gonna go see all the boys: Red Band, Jason, Brian Holtzman. If Rogan's available, I'd love to pow out and say hi with him. You know, it is what it is, and I hope to see everybody. Uh, then I got a week off, and the following week, I am in, I am in uh, Arizona. I'm at the House of Comedy, January twenty second. I mean, excuse me, April twenty second through the twenty fourth at the House of Comedy with Cash Daddies, Howie Dewey, and my good friend Carlisle Forrester. And uh, yes, I am brave enough to bring a female comic on the road. <laughs> Do you know how dangerous that is in the, like 2021? Oh, you better be careful. Yeah, that's some like evil Knievel daredevil shit. You're going to let like, her in the green room? I know she's getting her own hotel okay. room. That's how we do it, dude. Daddy doesn't. <laughs> Daddy's not stupid, but I love Carlisle. I think she's funny. Uh, I want to bring her on. She's a good friend. So I'm like, I want to take a female comic on the road. I'm going to do it, even though it's fucking dangerous. I mean, like, female comics to me are like white tigers. 
right? Like, yeah, they look majestic, but sometimes they might turn on you, right? Am I anybody? That was Siegfried and Roy reference. Nobody no, got no, the- I got it. You, you're, you might, you might go down. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably go down for that one. Yeah, don't jack off like you do when I'm around. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. It, I only jack off in front of Mexicans yeah. who smoke weed on podcast. <laughs> That's my strict weird fetish I have. Uh, but if you want to get dates on my shows, go to samtriplee.com. Check them out. They are all available there. Please check out my new show, Cash Daddies. It is so hilarious. It's a comedy financial investment show. Very unique. One of a kind. There seems to be a couple other podcasts popping up. I say the more the merrier, and I'm excited. But if you want to see the granddaddy of them all, go to Cash Daddies. Go to go check out Cash Daddies wherever you listen to it, or it's on YouTube. Uh, you know, the Unwanted was the other day. That's super crushed, and that show seems to be growing by the day. That's a that's a um, panel show of the best of the best in whatever topic we're discussing. That's a great show. You just put in the Union of the Unwanted. Again, you can find the videos all at samtriplee.com. Broken Simulations blowing up. People love it. I mean, huge in Vietnam. <laughs> big, big time. We actually, Sam uh, has a special message for Vietnam in this latest episode. Yeah, please go to. check it out. Yeah, uh, that's on uh, YouTube.com slash tinfoil hat. Is, it, is that no? Yeah. It's uh, I th- no, it might no, I think it's slash Sam Tripoli. Oh, yeah, okay. YouTube.com slash Sam Tripoli, uh, where tinfoil hat used to be. And then you can also find it on Rockfin if you want to get the uh, episodes early and unedited. We have like a premium edition of that on there and on Patreon.com slash Broken Simulation. Yeah, and again, if you you can check out my spiritual show, Zero, it is on fire. Listen to me. Through the end of this podcast with Tommy Chong is straight up Zero. Uh it's spiritual and it's important and it will help you get through everything and you will learn the only one come to save you is you and it's the most important lesson you will ever learn. So just go to rockfin.com slash zero, R-O-K-F-I-N dot com slash zero. If you want to support the show, a great way to support the show is a brand new uh, t-shirt we have out. Uh, just go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. We're not going to say the company that's lying because supposedly they get angry, but go check it out. It's the most evil kingdom on the planet. Check it out. It's the most. It's my new favorite. It's uh, And uh, supposedly they're moving quick. And here's the whole thing. Uh, they might not be around for a while. So <laughs> grab them now while you can before they're gone. Tinfoilhattshirts.com or go to samtriplee.com. Is there anything else? Uh, there's a hidden little hidden secret in that shirt okay okay so you find it it's someone's little... got Easter, uh someone's got some uh, easter eggs what do they call johnny eggs it's a resemblance of easter mine eggs. that's, that's a thing. Easter okay all right yeah. it's gonna be interesting <laughs> uh who drew that chili uh, chili yes shout out to her so. shout out to chili thank you so much for everything you do uh it's always a pleasure when the conspiracy smoke shows get involved in the show anybody anything else no that's it Guys, we love you very much. Oh, I just want to say something real quick. Uh, I I say this every time, but I, I love you guys so much. And I love the Swarm so much. And I, I know I say it too much. You know, Martha always says to me that I tell the guys. She's like, all you say is you love the girls all the time. <laughs> like, like, I just can't stop telling them how much I love them. And um, I just really do. And I love you guys so much. Without you guys, I, I don't know where we'd be. You know, we got the number 50 on iTunes. Crazy, right? Think about all the people that are trying to make podcasts right now. 
And just think about what we're up against. Yeah. We're up against two things. Corporate. Corporate money. With huge. money. And Joe Rogan's yeah. reach. You yeah. know, which we are, which is what it is. So I, I, I am just so thankful. I mean, when you see us in the top 50 of the bazillion, bazillion podcasts that are out there, especially when you're almost five years in, we're about four and a half years in. That's pretty special. So I love you all very much. I love Johnny. I love XG. Same to XG, you, dude. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you so much. And I just hope you enjoy this episode because I was really touched by it. And it was great to hear a legend say something that we've been kind of talking about on the show for a while. So please enjoy the show. Please show Mr. Tommy Chung love. Look for the similarities, not the differences, and enjoy the show. We love you very much. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, occasionally, you do a show where you know you're just like, I can't believe we're doing this show. And these are one of these shows. I grew up on this gentleman's comedy, uh, and we'll get into that. It's not the privilege to have him on the show. One of the best to ever do it. Tommy Chung. How are you, sir? I'm excellent, man. I couldn't be any better. If I was, I'd be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, man, I can't thank you enough. You came on an old show I did a long time ago called The Naughty Show, and that was a great time, and I'm so honored that you come on our little show here. So thank you so much for coming on. Do you have a website where fans can come and find you or any one place where we could send our listeners the swarm to check out? Yeah, you know, uh, at Tommy Chong, I'm, uh, you know, I can't remember that bloody thing. What's it called? Uh, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. Is it Instagram? We'll just go with energy. Just, he's somewhere. Yeah, I think it's Instagram. I, I think it's Instagram. Tweets. I, I'm not on, I know, I know I'm not on Facebook anymore. I got banned off. I got kicked <laughs> off Facebook. What kind of world uh, do they kick off Tommy Chung off of, off of know, a set, man? <laughs> they keep Trump on, they kick me off. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go find Tommy Chung on Twitter, Instagram, or maybe OnlyFans if everything works out. We don't know. Hopefully it will. Uh, Tommy, you oh, know. Yeah? Uh, I just want to tell you that I grew up on your movies, man, and I'm sure you get this a lot, but the first time I remember having a belly laugh where I could yeah. not stop laughing was when yeah. I was watching one of your movies and there was this scene where this uh, this white woman thought you were a famous uh, Latino Whoa. singer <laughs> and Cheech, she didn't care about Cheech and Cheech is like, hey man, I'm Santana, man. And she's like, yeah, you have a great tan, man. And I could not stop laughing. And my cousin's like, what's so funny? I'm like, don't you get it? And she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, oh, and then we didn't talk ever after that again. No, but uh, that's when yeah, I, that I was... realized how special comedy was and uh, how great your movies yeah. truly were, man. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of fun doing those. <laughs> I uh I, I love them. Uh, I know you probably get this ass all the time. Is there ever any chance of a uh, uh, doing it again? Uh, maybe a new generation where you guys lead them or anything like that? There's talk about it. Uh, there's a script that that uh, deals with it a little bit. You know, uh, that's floating around looking for a director. I guess uh, I direct it 
most, if not all of the, all of the movies. Really? And, uh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't accredited for Up in Smoke, but I, I really, you know, that was because we wrote it as we went, you know. And then uh, and then we had uh, Robert Altman's crew uh, shooting it. And so uh, so it was like uh, a community thing, you know. Yeah, I, I'm weird, man. Like, I'll, I'll put a band together, but I won't be the leader. <laughs> you know, uh, I've been, a, 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 what do you call it, a backup guitar player all my life. And, uh, and so I never really learned how to play lead. Or never really wanted to either. You know, I was more concerned with the overall tune than than my ability to, you know, pick a guitar. And uh, and as a result, uh, I did a lot of things in my career where I never really got credited for it because I really wasn't like, like up in smoke. Lou Adler was down as a director, and uh, you know, he got uh, he, he got the director credits. And producer credits. Uh, I, but Cheech and I, I, I would pick Cheech's brain for, you know, talk about his, his adventures that he's had growing up. And then I'd put him in the movie, you know, uh, and that's how, that's how I operated. But I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I'll take responsibility for, for the movies because basically, uh, that's why we broke up because I wanted to be, I, I was a director on uh, uh, next movie, uh, nice dreams. Things are tough all over the Corsican brothers. And, and it was the Corsican brothers that kind of uh, split Cheech and I up because he was getting a divorce at the same time. I was getting, I was doing the, the, the Corsican brothers and he wasn't really in the mood to do a movie. But we had the deal, and I wanted to shoot it in in uh, Paris, and so we uh, so we ended up in Paris because you know as a director I could make those calls, you know, <laughs> and 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 that's what I did. But uh, the weird thing, I, you know, I just I, you know doing all these interviews and that I, I I kind of it's like therapy, you know, I kind of work things out where I, I realize that. Uh, I can do a lot of things, but I'm not, that doesn't define who I am. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just the way it is. You know, like, like I've directed movies, but I'm not really a movie director. I, I play guitar, but I'm not really a, a guitar player. No, you know? I get that. I do get yeah. that. And I understand yeah. that. It's like Batman movies, right? Everyone's watching Batman. When Robin's not around, where's he? He's probably out doing blow, banging chicks, having a great time. <laughs> Why Robin's got to, you know, Batman's got to figure out how to pay the bills, deal with a butler that won't shut up. So there's nothing wrong with being Robin. There's nothing wrong with being Robin. And, and, and look at that. That showed you how the gay thing was prevalent back in those days, you know, because Obviously, Batman and Robin were lovers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why else would you have a? Uh, what, what do they call his uh, his ward? Bruce Bruce Wayne's ward. Oh yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what was he? He was uh, what was his butler was called? Um, 
Well, no, no, no. That's what they called Robin, his ward. They called him uh, Bruce Wayne's ward. ward. Yeah, yeah. Ward. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. It, it just like uh, the old sailing ships. They always had a cabin boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was his, what was his? You know, was he a sailor? No. Uh, was he a cook? No. <laughs> He yeah, was he was just boy. there to uh, <laughs> to take it. Yeah, <laughs> just like the altar boy. <laughs> when you think about it, oh, he's an altar boy. I never heard of altar man. One well, Sam, you were, women, you were a bellboy, right? Altar oh. boy, you know. So, so you know, you know that that, that you know that, that's what I that's what I realized. It's so <laughs> interesting life, you know? how like. <laughs> Like the stuff that you had to jump, the hoops you had to jump through versus what's going on today. Does it, in terms of entertainment, because, you know, we are, my co host is Xavier Guerrero. He has a show called We Don't Smoke the Same, and it's a weed smoking show. If you ever want a ton of weed, I'm sure they'd love to have you on. Come of on yeah, and yeah. smoke some weed with them. Sure. But it's like, it's just a whole brand. That you have a yeah. brand now, and it's like, and the things he had to go through uh, to 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 just be able to be himself is like so crazy, right? Compared to like now, yeah. you have an open, you can just totally smoke weed on, on on video, put it up on YouTube or wherever, and everybody's cool. You can there. go on your phone and order weed, and they'll drop it off at your house. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you won, you won, Tommy. Yeah. Oh, for sure, oh, for sure. <laughs> But well, well, I don't know what I want, really, because, like, New York uh, is legal, but you can't smoke it anywhere, and you can't have any pot shops anywhere, and and you can't, uh, you know, you can't smoke it here, you can't smoke it there. You know, when, when it was illegal, you could smoke it everywhere. <laughs> no, that and is interesting. Did. Everybody did. Yeah. New Jersey, uh, having a hard time because no neighborhood wants a pot shop, you know. So, I you know my solution is that keep the black market, but don't bust anybody for it. That's all. I like that. I, I like that yeah. because once you start bringing corporations, they're going to start messing with the weed. They're going to start putting stuff into it, making it cheaper, and then it's just going to be like you know, oh, this weed gives you this, and this weed gives you that, instead of like having like the the black market to me is the free market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You grow it, you dry it, you bag it, you sell it. That's it. That's it. No, no, you're right. You're right. And, and uh, it sells itself, by the way. You know, hey, this is nothing new. You know, back in the day, uh, Afghanistan, uh, you know, Turkey, all those Middle East countries, they had a hash uh, factory going. You know, the King of Nepal, uh, Nepalese, Nepalese Paul, uh, Ash was some of the best. And uh, have you heard of Temple Balls? I have not. Have no. you heard of Temple no, no. No, no. Okay, listen to this. Temple Balls, uh, the way they harvest the hash, they would send the workers through the fields, uh, like half naked with maybe a, a leather apron or something, and, and, and the pollen would fall on, onto, the, onto their bodies. And then they would scrape the scrape the hash out of the yeah hash. It was the pollen would scrape it off, and while they were scraping it off, the very finest of the pollen would drift to the roof of where they were uh, the hut 
or the the place where they were they were processing the weed. <laughs> and when they scraped the, the the roof off, that was the purest of the pure. And so they would roll it up into balls and give it to the temple, uh, you know, the where they uh, worshipped. You know, whatever religion it was at the time, they and, and that was for the for the priest and and for the temple. And so the temple balls were the the the, the best uh, of the best, and uh, and that you know that goes way back thousands of years. You know, of of that that kind of uh, uh, cultivation and that kind of thing, and and that was uh, I guess. That was India, you know, uh, Pakistan, you know, there, around there, up in there, up in the mountains, uh, in Afghanistan, uh, because that's that's where the uh, Indica, Indica's from the mountainous regions. Because Indica, you know, that, that that's the stuff that puts you to sleep. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a smaller plant, doesn't grow that that tall, but it's so powerful. It just knocks you knocks your ass out. Uh, it was indica and sativa. That's really all you need to know about weed. <laughs> well, I, I love that people are, are, are scraping because as a former cokehead, I knew about scraping stuff off this and then you got Hunter Biden like smoking Parmesan cheese because he thought it was crack. So I know all, because you know, drug dude, over the, the thousands of years of human beings, they have tried to smoke everything possible. Everything. They've thrown it yeah. into a pipe, hit it with a lighter, and saw if they got high off it. So you know somebody's like, dude, this pollen's gotta be going somewhere, dude. Let's just scrape our roof. How high do you gotta yeah. be to scrape the roof, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's well. Like 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 when I every once in a while I'll get the urge to grow uh, some plants, you know. And uh, and I one at one time I had forty plants on my roof, and when I harvested, I it was the weirdest thing because I harvested it and I was hanging them up to dry, and then you have to cut it, you know, uh, uh, trim it, you know, trim uh, the the buds, and I would drop I would drop a bud on the floor. And literally get on my hands and knees to find it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't tell you when I just like I ran out of blow. I'm like, there's got to be just one magical line somewhere left in this. Could house you somewhere. could you have confused Parmesan for some coke back no, in the day? Not back no? then, but dude, I mean, <laughs> I've conf- I mean, I've snorted some stuff. Going, I think this is it. <laughs> I think it was, dude. So you know, yeah, yeah. you were talking about the black market, and uh, you know. Obviously, you're, it's very famous. You went to jail for, and I think that there will be a time where people will look back at what you went to jail for and be like, "What was this medieval times?" I think the time is now. Honestly, I mean, well, like, I mean, we're really close. But the notion that a grown man, a very famous grown man, would go to jail for bongs is like I figured, I, out, I, I figured out why I went to jail. It took why? me a while. It took me a while to figure it out. Because my name is Chong. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. If it was uh, Smith, Jones, you know, as long as I'm not colored or... Or Or famous. Or famous. I'm Chinese. Yeah. see? I don't look Chinese, I know, but I I am Chinese, half Chinese. But Chong, that was the trigger that sent my ass to jail. And, And that, plus... They they looked at my record. My I got a juvenile record in from Calgary, and I know they looked at it because my lawyer mentioned something about it. You know, why didn't you tell me? You know <laughs> that you had uh, con- 
convictions or uh, yeah, I think it was that. But any anyway, you know, they, I was destined to go to jail because I was not a white guy. You know, had I been a white guy, I'd got a house arrest. You know, but they can put a Chinaman in, in now, especially now with all the, you know, the Chinese flu and all that shit that Trump started. Yeah. You know, I, I, I started getting threats on the Internet. Oh, really? Because of my because I'm Chinese. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's just, yeah. you know, it's so interesting. <laughs> like, you know, I live in this life where, like, I, I mean, if you say I'm colorblind, I think that's like juvenile. I mean. I see race, but I don't go this race is better than that race. But there are people who do that, man, for oh, sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's like, so when you hear something like that, you're like, oh, man, I, I can't believe in this 2021, there's still idiots like that. But, you know, I well, think also, Tommy, that you went to jail. Uh-huh. Oh, here, you had a thought on that. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I think you also go to jail because you're Tommy Chong. You're from yeah. Cheech and Chong. And that, and that you know, totally you are, you know, it's like I see it happen with my friends. It's like, is, you know, you you are a giant influence on me and my comedy. But there's also some of these people like, what is the impact of if we throw this guy in jail? Oh, it sends like ripple effects through the pot community and everything like that. Yeah. People start getting nervous, uh, you know, and it, it, it's just real. They do that stuff for high impact. And the more absurd it is, like, do, you know, as we speak right now, there's people in Nevada that are in doing life for having been busted with for weed. Now, if they've been yeah. busted with a, a, a eight ball of Coke, they would be out of jail already. And like, I don't think you should yeah. go to, to jail for either of those. But it's like, no, um, yeah. It's it was always a pure racist law from the beginning. For right sure, from the very beginning. Well, all the all the drug laws are racist. You know, uh, the prohibition was racist. You know, the reason they stopped people drinking was because of the Italians were bringing their booze and the French were bringing their booze and the Germans were bringing their beer and 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 so the Puritans. The white people uh, said, uh, no, that that's wrong. You know, that alcohol is the devil's brew or whatever, you know. And so that was prohibition. And so when prohibition ended, because uh, these Italians and the Jews and the and the and the Polo, the Polish people, they became in power, you know, uh, enough that that they got enough money that they said, you know, screw this. Well, then they had to find somebody else. And so that reefer madness took over. You know the story of weed, you know. It was a medicine. It was a medicine for thousands of years. It's written in, and it was, it was a religious sacrament. That's, it's written in the Bible, you know. And that's where the Bible, in fact, the Bible and, and a lot of the holy books were in, it, it, it would influenced by the, the, the marijuana plant. You know, or the uh, cannabis plant, because when it's a white man's plant, it's cannabis. But when, it, when, when it's when it's a Mexican, when it's the evil weed, it's marijuana. <laughs> Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our friends at CBD Lion. They are a huge sponsor of Tim Fall Hat and big comedy fans. They come to all my live shows when they're in the area, and I can't thank them enough. See, CBD line products are the perfect tool on your tool belt to help you deal with 2021, okay? CBD lines are great for helping you with stress, insomnia, pain, overall 
well-being and improved body function. They have a huge line of products, and I guarantee you, man, I guarantee you, you're going to find something that will work for you and you and you, okay? There is even a quiz that will help you pick the product that could help the most, okay? Everything is third-party tested, so you know you're getting the highest quality product possible, okay? If this sounds like something that could help you, go to CBD line and enter the coupon code Tin foil and get 20% off. That's CBD line, like the animal, holla at your boy.com, coupon code tin foil, and check them out. Uh, real one uh, and read one of their 2,000 positive reviews. Okay, this stuff works. And, and that's not all, man. CBD line, you know how badass they are? How many of you out there want to get your hands on a PS5? Okay. Yeah, they're pretty hard to come by, but guess what? CBD Line has you covered now through April 29th. CBD Line is running a giveaway on PlayStation 5 or $500 in store credit. Every $10 you spend uh, at CBD Line gets you one entry, okay? You know the drill. Spend 50 bucks, get five entries. It's that simple. There's no purchase necessary for entry. See contest rules for details, okay? These guys like gummies. Johnny's dad likes to put on ointments and all that stuff. The athletic he, tape. Yeah, the athletic tape, man. So we use it. We love it. And if you're if you're sober, man, CBD Lion, they have products that don't have any THC in it. So you could use it. So you get to keep your sobriety date, which is very important to me. So uh, keep your date. Relieve stress. Deal with 2021. And CBD line is there to help you just like they help tinfoil hack. Go to cbdline.com and enter the promo code tinfoil to get 20% off. Uh, El Magical has the funniest joke. He's this Latino comic and he's like, Whenever you put Mexican in front of something, it seems shadier, right? It's like, you love the circus. Yeah, I love the circus. How about the Mexican circus, right? <laughs> weed, you like weed? How about the Mexican weed, you know? Uh, and it's a funny joke. I, I totally believe, you know, um, that's my whole theory about drugs, prostitution. They're poor, they're poor people wars. I mean, poor people crimes. Because, you know, let's yeah. take prostitution. Like, is there is there a victim in that exchange? No, it's pretty casual. Capitalist to me, but but we got to arrest poor people. But rich girls who do escorting and this sugar dating now—it's so acceptable. They actually have billboards on mm -hmm. like Sunset advertising for hey man you in the sugar dating let's do it well sam like they're not selling sex they're selling sex no guys sure. like dropping 300 bucks and hoping to hold hands i mean <laughs> come on stop acting like i was born yesterday okay and yeah. it's like 100 percent. and you're totally right they like you know drug laws like the word fascist gets thrown around a lot and there's a lot of people who just think it's about dudes in pointy helmets like goose stepping that's not fascism that's bad choreography okay <laughs> fascism for sure man is drug laws because what is going on is the yeah. private sector which is pharmaceutical companies and the government yeah. are working together to control yeah. your ability and your rights that is and johnny you're nerd dork that is fascism right am i right thank you totally. yes totally that is fascism 100 totally. and it's yeah and, and it's all about being able to make a profit out of selling stuff to people you know or putting people in jail that that's what you know the, the you know the, the slave trade goes on 
because I, I was in prison with, with uh, uh, there's a golf caddy. He's actually at the Masters uh, right now. But he, he got 14 years in prison for using coke. What it was, he was a caddy. He got, uh, no, the, his dealer got busted. And so the, the feds made a deal, or the, the DEA made a deal with the dealer. Said, give us a name. And we'll uh, let you go. Oh, and so my she gave God. up uh, my, my buddy. She gave up Eric. And uh, and Eric, he's a caddy. That's all. And he was a user. He bought Coke. Yeah, he bought for some, you know, some of the players. But still, he was not a dealer. He was a caddy. He is a caddy. And so what he what he did, he, uh, 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 he, uh, he fought it. And as 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 the way the justice system is, he won the case, but the feds just refiled the case, charged him with with, with the same crime. Only you know the, they just ignored the double jeopardy law and all that, and they charged him again. And while well, he blew his whole savings fighting the first one, which he won. And, but he lost the second one, and because he fought it, instead of giving him the five years, which they promised, they they said he were they was going to get, they gave him fourteen years. And so when I met him, he was in the eleventh year of his sentence. Now, because uh, you know, I don't fight the law ever. You know, when I went to prison, I I I uh, I kind uh, <laughs> very. Uh, uh, I, I look forward to it, you know. I, 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 I made the best of it, you know. I turned it into, I, you know, I only got nine months. And, and so I thought, well, you know, this, I turned it kind of like into a religious retreat. And in doing so, when you do that, uh, you, you go along with the program. And, and so then I, I became, uh, you know, everybody's friend there, and especially the drug counselor. Because my, my rap was a, a drug rap, so I had to take drug education course in, in prison, which I loved, by the way. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I learned all about <laughs> drugs uh, that I never knew about before. And we hung out together, me and the drug counselor. And, and we, we got talking, and I started talking about Eric's case. And he said, well, send him to me. You know, I'll get him out because, you know, if he's got a substance abuse, I'll knock off time, blah, blah, blah. And so Eric got out. He, he got He's out of jail now. He's at the Masters right now. But he, he he's an example. Now, when he was in prison, because he's a very smart, uh, capable guy, he worked his ass off in all the prisons he was in for no wages. He built missiles. He built uh, all sorts of uh, army gear, stuff like that. That's what's going on now yes. in the prisons. In the prisons, it's slave labor. Uh, like I, I was getting paid 50 cents uh, a day for uh, picking up uh, gym equipment. Uh, that was my job, you know. Everybody would leave the stuff laying around, and I'd go pick it up at night. And then I had to sign a, a little thing on the side of the, you know, a little paper saying, M- put my hours in there. <clears throat> and and I got 50 cents a day for that. Well, if you're there for a few years, you know, that, that's, 
that adds up to sometimes five dollars, you know. <laughs> but but I was in there with a lot of wealthy people too, you know, like uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, Jordan yeah, Belfort. yeah, yeah. He was my celly for a while. And in fact, I helped him write his book. <laughs> I didn't help him. You know what happened is that I was writing my book, and. Uh, and Jordan, we shared a, a cubicle, and he would come in from playing tennis. And, and he, after a while, he goes, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm writing my book. And he goes, oh, I'm going to write a book. And so he wrote a few pages, and he showed it to me. And, and I, you know, usually I compliment everybody. You know, there, I'm not a judgmental person. But I, I knew this guy personally, you know, and I knew his talent. He was a genius, is a genius. And so... I give the hard love uh, thing. You know, I said, he said, what do you think? I said, ah, you didn't write anything. You know, shit. <laughs> goes, what? What? I said, all you did was copy Tom Wolfe, you know, Bonfires of the Vanity. That's the first page. And he got kind of embarrassed, you know, as, as scammers get, you know. And he goes, well, what should I write? And so I said, well, write the stories that you've been telling me every night. You know, every night he'd put me to sleep by telling me these incredible stories that ended up being the Wolf of Wall Street. And so he, so he started writing and writing and writing. And next thing I know, he, uh, we're both out of jail by then. And uh, we're both on probation. So we weren't supposed to talk to each other. But he, he drove by the house and peeped his horn and and he sold up his book. He goes, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. And, and it's going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. Well, the guy, you know, he, he, he's, uh, you know, really talented. And, and there's so many people like him in, in the system, you know, that if they channeled their energy in the right way, they would be uh, uh, straight rich, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, and so that's that, that was the kind of uh, people that, you know, that I hobnobbed in, in prison, you know, but uh, – in prison, racism, well, you're all a prisoner, you know. And the thing is, it's a privately owned prison. There are literally people in jail. In fact, right now, there are people in jail that have been ordered to be released. And the prison just ignores the order and keeps them in there. What? Because they're, pri they're private prisons, you see. They, there's no government oversight. And so, yeah, so that and and they, and they did it, you know, the, the, the people, you know, the, the capitalists did it for a reason, because uh, they, they, they instead of the government supplying all the, 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 the wardrobe and that that goes to a private sector shoes and the, the clothes, the dickies, they're quite nice clothes. In fact, I got a shirt on that that that's they kind of wore in prison uh, dicky shirts and and there's a big big uh, uh profit going on uh, you know private prisons is a huge huge profit uh, making thing <laughs> cigarettes uh, too so, right don't they have yeah. a sort of a, a special like prison cigarette that they sell and market in prisons i was reading about well the one i was in they they eliminated smoking they they wouldn't oh let anybody my smoke God. Because of reasons. yeah 
Yeah. Turkey too. Yeah, you couldn't smoke cigarettes. And it was really funny. Uh, I was, like I said, I, I turned it into a, a religious retreat. So I, I, I hooked up with a, uh, a shaman, you know, like a, a medicine man. He was uh, head of the Native uh, Sweat Lodge uh, Society. And, uh, and he grew a herb garden. In the grounds, and we had a prison. Uh, uh, we had an Indian uh, sweat lodge area, and, and it faced away from the prison. Huh. And it was a yeah, it was a dome covered hot. You bring hot rocks in, and and we used to do a sweat the sweat lodge uh, thing. But he he grew herbs, and and he turned me on to one called lion's ear. And if you crumbled up the leaves and rolled it up like a joint. You could smoke it, and you it would put you to sleep eventually, but it would uh, give you dreams that you never had before. I, I used to call it other people's dreams. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you're going, "Whoa, I don't remember that dream," <laughs> and and they were pretty intense. No, no, we could. There were so many things we did. You know, did you we, ever do shrooms private. in prison? Like I've never heard of people doing shrooms in prison. Like psychedelics acid they they, they did acid yeah you know? in fact that's why the 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 magazines you get they don't have covers they don't have any advertising uh things in it you know those little uh cards they put yeah, in yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah 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 they used to soak it in lsd and then put it in the magazines. And then Terminal Island, one time we were, we were yeah, Cheech and I performed there. And everybody everybody was on acid, <laughs> the whole prison. And, and they kind of knew because one guy went out in the yard and started howling at the moon. <laughs> How was yeah. doing acid in prison? Because, I mean, acid shrooms are two different trips, but they're supposed to, they're both psychedelic. I mean, yeah. acid is like pouring liquid psychedelic intergalactic lava on your head. I mean, like, it's yes. a different, you're seeing different things, man. Oh, can you imagine? And, <laughs> and they eliminated uh, bodybuilding, uh, the weights in, in, in a lot of the prisons, especially the one I was in, you know, because <laughs> they were also smuggling uh, uh, steroids. And, and so the prisoners, all they had to do was eat and work out and do steroids. And some we got so so huge, man, that the guards never had a chance. You know, they, they could tell this big, you know, huge yeah. guy. You know, okay, you know, get mine or I'll uh, I'll kill you. I guess I don't know. You know who banned the uh, the the weights? Oh, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. banned weights. Yeah, banned weights in prison. In, in prison. Yeah, what a coincidence, right? Uh, there are no heroes. You know, <laughs> I mean, my God, my God. Uh, you know, you know, going back to the slave uh, to the slave labor. You know, I'm not really into either side politically, Tommy. I I'm politically atheist. I don't trust anybody who runs for Washington D.C. You know, I grew up a Democrat, and uh, you know. I don't have faith in either party right now. I think they're fighting on the same plane for the same resources being paid by the same people. And one of them is Camilla Harris, uh, you know, very famously locked up more uh, African-Americans than any other person in the history of California. And one of the things that never really got talked about is how her office uh, 
argued in court about getting rid of early release. And the argument was because it was going to hurt the labor force and how, yeah. how it's going to, how it was basically, as you said earlier, slave labor and to fast forward to yeah. these forest fires. These guys are getting out for a dollar to go fight, f- fight like g- giant blazing forest fires. Right, and yeah. then they come out yeah. and they, they can't free. even apply for that because they're felons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and why? And like they're already giving it to, to the felons the jobs. Like they're, they're getting skills and stuff they can't even use on yeah. the outside. Yeah, because you, they, they, you can't get a job if you got a felon a felony record, even though you have the experience in that. You know, although that you know they they were a little when the California fires hit uh, was a year or two ago. Malibu fires and that they, they were kind of glad that they had that fire that labor force because it saved a few few places but not a whole lot. No, it's all changing. It, it's all going to change, you know, because it has to because uh, you know we're all we're here together. You know, Timothy Leary used to tell me. In fact, we had an argument about it. He, his solution was that we have to, you know, get a get in a spacecraft and leave Earth and go find another Earth and start all over again, you know. And, and I used to tell Tim, I said, Tim, we're on a spacecraft. Yeah. Earth <laughs> is a spacecraft, you know. We don't have to get in a little, you know, aluminum shell and, and put on ox- oxygen and go somewhere and hope to hell we find another one. Earth, you know, this is it. This is it. This is our Earth, our, our spaceship. And then Tim got mad. One day he goes, "Oh, you're just like John Lennon." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to talk to you about the sixties and seventies, man. Uh, artistically, there's an argument. It was the most creative time in our nation in in the world, man. We saw a real, like a, a real, I guess, like rage against the machine in terms of like a, a pushback against the status quo you, you know well, you the have beatles. What the, the beatles they yeah there's never been another beatles uh you know a mass of songs that, that, that they sang you know about peace love and uh and and, and everything i yeah. did it all in a decade i mean you know 10 years yeah. and out amazing yeah yeah, they were, and they, yeah, no, that decade, they were the age of Aquarius. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was that was the time, man. And it was, a, you know, the war really uh, started. You know, the Vietnam War. You know, the, the opposition to the Vietnam War. You know, and then and growing your long hair long, and yeah, that was my era. That was the era I came out of. You know, in fact, I I started playing music. Around the same time, maybe a little bit before the Beatles and the Stones, that I, I had no respect for the Stones because I I knew what they were trying to do. You know, they were copying the same James Brown songs that we were copying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and Mick Jagger, you know, said, "What a great dancer!" No, he, it was because he was such a lousy dancer that he had his own style. I love that. I love that. He he was trying to be James Brown, but he he ended up just being Mick Jagger. You know, so so you know he was like the white man's uh, Africa. You know, that's what that's what England was at the time. It was a white man's Africa, and that's where it all all came out of there. You know, because they had all the the things. But the music, 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, like now, I listen to it. Uh, you know, I, I try to get into it. I, 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 I try to. Well, you know, because uh, I had to. You know, my son made me. <laughs> hey, Dad, we got a rapper coming over. Here's here's the songs. You got to learn. You got to know what you're talking about. You know, when we had our podcast, and so I, so I I got kind of got into rap, uh, but. You know, I called it before it was rap. It was called jazz. You know, <laughs> and, and Lambert Hendricks and Ross they used to do those tongue twisters, and and Dylan himself. You know, he wrote songs that that if you didn't sing them and you just talked them, it would be rap. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the singer, the sixties, and that was LSD and weed. That now, did it. Now, I want yeah, to ask was, you about that. It's so yeah. you know, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Chaos. It's about the CIA and FBI's influence on Hey Ashbury, the hippie movement, and you know this whole thing with Charles Manson was in and out of prison when he should never, to the point where it almost seemed like he was part of he was basically a free range test subject to see what the influence of LSD and methamphetamines was being shut yeah. being so freely. In hate Ashbury to see what the effects would be, uh, you know, because they had done it on rats and it, ha- it was a crazy, like, violence and, like, just sexual assault was happening in these rats. So they wanted to see what happened in this kind of controlled opposition. As you were part of this counterculture, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, I remember watching Cheech and Chong going, dude, this is crazy, man. And so were you ever, like, did that? Did that ever? Did you ever feel like maybe there was things around you that were not as they said? Let's say like uh, uh, agent provocateurs, anything like that. Was that something that you that as somebody who was very big at that time or growing up in that time, were you conscious of that? That was out there. Oh, t- oh totally, totally, totally. That was, uh, yeah. What what happened to me? I got turned on to weed and Lenny Bruce at the same time. I was seventeen years old. I was in a jazz club. That was my. That's where I hung out because it was the only after hours place to go and hear music. You know, and, and if you're good enough, you played it. But I, I wasn't good enough, so I'd go there and hang out. And uh, it would you know the jazz club went all night because we never had a liquor license, and so. Uh, uh, that's where I'd hung. That's where I, I got my education, and then the guy, uh, a Chinese bass player, turned me on to a joint and a Lenny Bruce record, and that changed my life because it was Lenny Bruce really that opened the door. My 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 mind, you know, because he's he doing racial jokes and and political joke humor way back. Can you imagine? He was. They were joking about Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> that's how far back he goes uh, Eisenhower's jokes and and Lenny did a, a, a great joke about uh, uh, <laughs> about a kid that that bombed an airplane while his, his mother was in the air and uh, to co- collect the insurance or something and can you imagine he, he did a joke about that and it was funny you know <laughs> they said oh mom don't forget your present What's in it, there? Oh, it's okay. You'll you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's ticking. Is it a clock? 
Well, <laughs> for a while, it will be a clock. <laughs> but don't open it. Don't open. <laughs> you know, I mean, that sick humor, man. It, it, you know that that got me. And so when when Cheech and I got together, and Cheech is uh, he's like a, a, an encyclopedia of, of humor, you know, because he he's got the photographic memory, and and he can. Uh, uh, he, he can remember all, and and he remembers the funny stuff, you know. And so, so, so much of that stuff is just Cheech's childhood, you know, the way he grew up, and my childhood too, uh, you know, and the way because I, when I was a kid, I always, I always hung with the weirdos, you know, not not a bunch of, but just one, <laughs> and and I could instigate, you know, because they're kind of crazy, and so and so I'd I'd be instigating and and. Uh, and, and that's how I got through school, you know, making making uh, uh, people laugh. And that's how I kept from getting beat up, too. Yeah, you know? me too. I, I had a brother that was like three years older than me. And when but the thing was, I would have to get beat up first and then he would step in. But in order to keep from getting beat up, I would make people laugh. You know, and uh, and, and be charming, you know, like Lenny Bruce. Uh, that's what his thing, too, you know. He was so charming. He sure? did a, a, a bit about uh, that. Jew's charming. Listen, let's go listen. Let's go listen to him. <laughs> talking about the Holocaust or something. <laughs> but one Jew that never got killed. And he said, hey, he's so charming. Let's go listen to him. You know, don't kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the humor that and, and, and that 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 kicked me in, in that direction. You know, it was a totally, totally Lenny Bruce. In fact, when Cheech Knight, you know, Cheech was up dodging the draft in Canada. That's all we met in Canada at a, oh. at a strip club. <laughs> I turned a strip. I turned a strip club into a into a uh, improvisational comedy uh, room. And what well, was great, uh, the girls would get naked, but they would make you laugh first. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful time! Oh, Canada. it was it was incredible, and that's where I met. Uh, you know the song uh, "Mr. Tambourine Man." Yeah. Uh, well, there was a guy who was a tambourine man, played tambourine on Dylan's records, and uh, he was the guy that brought the LSD up to to uh, to Vancouver and around uh, the, the the everywhere he went, and it wasn't even called LSD; it was called Try this, <laughs> and and wow, that changed, you know. As soon as I tried it, wow, it changed my life. And then I ended up with Motown, and uh, in, in, in fact, I wrote uh, the hits, the one song, uh, the one uh, Motown song. Does your mama know about me? I wrote that after doing a, a shot of coke. I, I did a, a, a couple of hits of coke because that's. You know, you never had too much. Yeah. I know all about that. These little spoon things, you know. There was enough for a, a bump, where they call it, a little, little shot. And, and you never got a habit because you couldn't afford that shit, you know. And so you just, somebody had, you know, some of the club owner, uh, club guys that attended the club, you know, the pimps or the rounders or the thieves, they would have the coke and get a little shot of coke and, and that, that, that's what I did. And one time I, I had a joint, a marijuana joint, with, uh, with, laced with cocaine. 
Whew, that was a nice high. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was great. See, the whole thing was you didn't overindulge. You, you did it, then you didn't do it for a long time, you know? And that's how I wrote the songs, and that's it, it created, you know, created, kicked the, the, uh, the creative part of me in, in there. But then I always, you know, I, I never, you, you got to be rich to, to be a, a decent drug addict, you know. I always like said about folks. L.A., you got to be rich to be an alcoholic in Los Angeles. I mean, when drinks yeah. are like $12 well, each, you got to be able to yeah. afford that stuff. You want a conspiracy, well, uh, man? Well, Here's well, a conspiracy. At- Why is Canada's Coke better than America Coke? I've never understood <laughs> that. Back when I was doing blow, I'd go up to Canada, and the Coke, I'm like, it would just melt in your nose. I'm like, why are you getting better Coke than Los Angeles? It's pure. Yeah. Pure because uh, I guess just, you know what it was? It probably wasn't any better, but there was so little of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so the scarcity of it, said, wow, this is great. You know, <laughs> Because when there's a lot of Coke, you know, around there, it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, Cokeheads are, are funny people. They, they, they never get enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I got enough. You, you, you snort the whole, uh, you know, kilo, and, and eh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 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 my no, thing with coke drug, is that uh it just women love to just let you get weird with them on blow that was the whole reason i enjoy coke because i knew if i was with a chick <laughs> she's gonna do blow and we're just gonna light each other up and i was just like i don't know what it is white girls love blow i mean they put themselves in bad situations right they'll have one foot in the van going are you sure there's coke in here right like they just don't care they're just they're just the white women love blow i don't know what yeah, it is it's expensive and you're paying for it yeah that's true man that's true that's well cokeheads cokeheads you know usually are connected with somebody, somebody with money yeah, you know, usually some fan. You know, I love the band. Hey, you want some blow? Yeah, because that's that's your entrance fee into the into the back room. You know, into the into the dressing room. Hey, he's got coke. Let him in. You know, uh, that, that, that hilarious, dude. And like, there's one thing I know, man. You want to go? Are the chicks hot? Here's how you know if a city has hot chicks: is it sunny? Yeah. Is there money? And is there blow? If they have those yeah. three things, it's gonna be smoke shows everywhere. There's gonna be yeah. tens running all over the place: Phoenix, San Diego, Miami, Miami, LA. Vegas. It's all. It's all there, dude. All three of those. Yeah, you, you know it's gonna yeah. be good. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm in, I, dude, I love the 60s and the 70s. You know, I think the 70s were the greatest time for movies and culturally it was crazy. You know, and we just, you know, Tommy, we just went through this crazy like 20, 2019, 2020 that was just insanity. We're still dealing with a lot of it in 2021. But when I think of like what was going on in the 60s and 70s in terms of like, like, we have people die, right? Well, we've seen some rappers die. We've seen some actors die. Mm-hmm. But, man, I mean, like, open yep. and wide open assassinations, man. Yep. Like, straight up assassinations. Like, yep. as somebody went through that, like, what did that feel like? And as we now start hearing more and more that there's, like, some dark arts behind FBI, CIA, whatever, like, what was that like going through that? These like heroes were just getting off in broad daylight. Can you imagine? Uh, 
one after another, uh, starting with JFK. Yeah, and then it just just kept going. Well, you're dealing with the mob. You see, uh, that, that's what uh, JFK. You know, you can talk Cuba, or you can talk, uh, you know, all all you want. It was a mob. It was a mob hit because uh, he 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 double crossed him. Yeah, yeah. He he was definitely. Uh, uh, you know, he got elected because of the mob, and and the mob turned Detroit. You know, they, they you know, and Frank Sinatra. See, Sinatra thought that he was going to be JFK was going to use his his uh, place as uh, the summer White House, and and soon as he got in the presidency, they they shut the mob down. They shut uh, uh, Sinatra down. They insulted him, really. And next thing you know, no more JFK. And then that started, you know, you, you know, they got away with one. And then next thing you know, Robert Kennedy, same thing, probably a mob hit, you know, even though they got the, the Palestinian, but, you know, but that's the way the, the mob works. And that's the way America was working, you know. And, uh, and now I think it's more, it's more like, the mob is taking over countries. Yeah. Like, like Russia. Like Russia, for instance, you know. And that's a mob boss. You know. Putin, you know, he's in the, there he's a dictator. He's, he's the ultimate mob boss, you know, because they're all gangsters. All of them. Turkey, Korea, you know, North Korea, you know, the kid. <laughs> you imagine being his relative? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at politicians as yeah. crime syndicates, when you look at yeah. political parties as crime syndicates, it's so much easier to understand politics when you look yeah. at like it that way, Matt. Like R's yeah. and D's, if you look at them as like I like to look at the U.S. government the way everybody looks at Chicago. Like Chicago, everyone's like there's mob ties. That mayor gets his. Crime group gets to give out the contracts, and that's why they fight over it. Who gets to yeah. get the contracts? And when you look at Washington, you see that way. It's a lot easier to digest, man. We are ran yeah. by organized crime. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, the downfall. Not downfall. But I mean, that's the Achilles tendon uh, heel of of, uh, of a free society. You know, because free society means that the mob runs wild too. You know, everybody's free. You know, it's not just uh, the the good guys. You know, it's it's everybody, including. Uh, but but yeah, the thing is, there's a, a moral uh, element. We we none of us live forever. You know, and we're only here for a brief period of time. And so, yeah, you can be a mob, uh, you know, a gangster. But what, what, what's going to happen in your next life? When I love this. <laughs> this is why I want to get in with you, man. Are you a spiritual man? Are you are you totally. into, I believe, in realms and multiple lives and all that stuff? Oh, totally. What are your thoughts on all that, Tommy? To- totally. It's, it's written. I mean, it's in front of our face. You know, you, you we live in a physical universe. But in all matters, for every action, there's a reaction. And so for every physical universe, there's a spiritual universe. 
And in the spiritual universe, it's the opposite of physical. In a physical, in a physical universe, there is chaos, chaos and, and explosions and physical things happening and change, change. Everything's changing. And, and in a physical universe, you need oxygen uh, to, to live and you need water to drink and you need to eat. And you need to feed this, this human body or the tree or the plant or whatever. It's physical. And if, and if you don't tend to those physical needs, it, it dies. But when it dies, what happens? It doesn't disappear. It goes, the soul, the humans, you know, the spirit. The spirit is spirit, you know. And we are eternal beings. Figure that one out, man. Think about eternity. That's a trip. That's yeah, a trip. I've tried my eternity. brain hurts. Eternity is a very long time. <laughs> there's no time in in the spiritual world there's no time there's no want need or desire in the physical world and and that's why when you go to the physical world which we all do we're all from the 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 spiritual world i mean that that that's we're, we're all there you know no matter how evil you are on earth when you go to the spiritual world, you're, you're, you're not evil anymore because there's no need to be. <laughs> because there's no, there's no That's body. some deep thoughts right there, man. Because that yeah. well, on this show, we call that black belt. And for me, one of the most black belt discussions you could have is, is there a place in a higher realm for those that do bad things? And you're no. like, well, well, it's no, interesting. No, no. No, no, there's a place right here. This is where you get judged. Where you get born here. again, yeah. Right here. So no, when you when you die, you become energy. You see, is there bad electricity? No. Even though electricity, you can use it in an electric chair to kill someone, or you could use it to, to hurt somebody, or you can use it to run your car, or warm your house, or or to start a fire. You know. So so energy. That's what we are. We are we are pure energy. But we have a we have a, a universal conscious, uh, the mind, the, the intelligence, you know, and and as we, and we're learning. By the way, that's what a physical world is for: for us to learn, to change, to learn, and to evolve. Now, you can't have good without evil. So, as good as some people are. There's just bad, the opposites are there, evil. In order to have one, you can't have one without the other, you see? That's why when you have a physical universe, totally have a spiritual universe, you know? In fact, the secret is in is in algebra, which I failed, by the way. I tried to <laughs> uh, get my GED, and I, I failed algebra terribly. But just think about it. Until... The, the naked aspect of mathematics, the humans only knew the, the physical, the, you know, the, 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 the proper numbers, you know. And then some genius discovered, oh, we can also go into the zeros and the negative numbers, of course. But it took, and, and when you know that, now, buildings, at one time, you could only build one certain kind of building because you never had the power of the, the, the negative. 
And now, now we do, <clears throat> you know, and, and that, that opened a whole, whole world of us, you know, for us, uh, in, in, uh, you know, the way we live now. And, you know, another thing too is that, that I, I noticed because I, I, I like looking at old movies, you know, old cars and that. And when I, I see, uh, there was a, I forget what it was. I was watching YouTube and there was some, uh, they went back to the Model T. And then I started looking at the people that drove the Model T and they're like teenagers. You know? <laughs> they're like young kids with a, with a car, man. Whoa. But they also had horses and the horses were beautiful, strong, and, 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 and people knew how to handle horses so well because that was what the car was. Uh, first of all, the car was just a, a novelty. Ah, that's fine. Oh, what's his name? He's rich. He's got one of those newfangled cars. But, you know, they'll never replace this trusty horse because the horse is so versatile. They can do all sorts of things. The car can only do, do one thing. Well, look where we are now. <laughs> and time goes on. And time changes everything. But what I noticed, and it really, really gave me an understanding of, of eternity was that the past is, is just us younger. We were, you know, and, and they're like my dad, when I look at his old pictures that he was a young guy, he was this old guy that, that passed, you know, a few years after, uh, you know, in his, I think he was close to 80, but he was, he was only 80 for a brief period of time. The rest of his life, he was the young, and then he got older and older and older, and he changed, you know? And that's what, what the whole world is like that, you know? And, and, and we're here, really, to learn. Because think about it. When you're born, you have to learn how to breathe first. You know, you got to get whacked on the butt. Oh, then you start breathing. And then you're hungry. You got to learn how to eat, and then you got to learn how to cope with with movement, and, and then you got to learn how to, you know, to suck a titty. You have to be taught that. <laughs> <laughs> and some people never forget that one, uh, like me. And, and and that's that's what this life is all about. And so when you think about evil. Well, of course, that's their their job. I look, I, I look at our lives like it's a play, you know, and and everybody's here to play a role. And then when they leave, totally. they go back to the casting office and say, "Okay, what's my next role?" I totally and then, agree. Then you come back and you grow up and you play a next another role, and that's why it's hard for me to mourn people that pass because. They're fine. It's the people that are left behind that, that in some cases suffer because they, they were so dependent or so loving, you know, that. And oh, one more thing before I, I quit my little, little. No, I'm loving this. Brother. Brother. We're just Great. chilling. Yeah. We're just chilling. One more thing. When I was in prison, a month before I got out of prison, Everything changed for me. People that I was so tight with 
they, they, they eased away. And by the time I left, I was alone. Because what happens when someone's leaving prison, they're leaving the womb. They're leaving your world. And you're not, you don't know them anymore. And, and it was a weird feeling. And this is what, what happens when you get older, too. You have to accept it, that you're no longer in the young crowd anymore. Yes. And, and, and as you get older, and I think that's one of the reasons that you get funny looking and, and, and different looking, because your job was to produce another offspring. And in order to produce another offspring, you have to be, look good and sharp. And, and then your partner looks at you and says, oh, I'm going to hook up with this guy. But as you get older, you start shrinking and looking funnier and that. And I think it's partly is so that people aren't going to feel that loss anymore. And so when you finally die, I, I've, I've known people that finally, I thought they died finally. And I'm getting to that point. See, I'm getting to that, that point now. And so I have to do a lot of, uh, you know, self. Well, I have to find the joy of being who I am. See, that, that, that's the key. And when you find the joy, and you know what the joy really is? Is, is, is what we're doing now, is passing wisdom or passing, giving people uh, love. And, and, you know, everything that they need, you know, what do you need? You got it. Oh, but, uh, well, you know, when, when we're talking about the weed, you know, the weed uh, uh, companies that, that we're on, my, my son was just here, but we're on the verge of becoming very, very wealthy because of, of uh, you know, the, the way the weed is, is going, you know. And, uh, and my daughter says, oh, what are you going to do with your money, Dad? You know, and I told her, I says, give it away. Oh. That's, that's all you have to do. I don't need nothing. I got everything I need. In fact, my son, uh, you know, we, we had to get new computers and I got a new camera because I, I got wealth that I'm not using, you know, because I don't need any. What do I need? As you get older, it, it, it turns down. You don't need shit. <laughs> you need shit to do. That's what you need. <laughs> but that is, and so, you know, looking for the joy of, of, of being old is being able to, to make people happy, you know. That's why Santa Claus is so, everybody loves Santa Claus because his only job is to give shit away. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I don't know if there's, I mean, I hate to ask another question because I think that's the best way to end the show. I mean, it's the best way to end the show. It's just like, it sounds like, I just wanted to ask in these crazy times, you have hope for humanity, brother? Oh, Totally. Well, the thing is, humanity is forever. There's no end to it. Because there's nowhere to go, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a cycle. It's a cycle. You, you just, we're, it's been going forever. And when you study history, you, you see that they had the same questions. Socrates, all these guys, all these uh, philosophers and that, that's what they were 
going through, and then they, Einstein and and uh, all those guys. Uh, what's the guy that was in the wheelchair that discovered the black hole? I keep forgetting his name. Um, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawkins. Stephen Hawkins, man. You know what? I had a revelation about Stephen Hawkins is that he wouldn't have gone to where he went to had he been normal and walking and everything fine. He had to get his ass in that wheelchair to stop him from doing everything else and just to have him concentrate on that. That was his whole, his whole life was dedicated toward that. Now, when he comes back, this is your reward. No, you you go through your whole life being that, and then then you die or you transition. It's a transition. You leave. You don't. You know that's why we had Good Friday and and everybody's the Christians rejoicing that that Jesus came back from the dead. We all come back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. There's nowhere else to go. You know, there's no the the body the. Cemeteries only hold the shell of what we want to wear. Think of it like we lease cars, you know, and when the car gets old and tired, then we junk it or sell it or get rid of it. And then you get a new car. And that's what happens when you die. When you die, think, God, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay, the next body, what's it going to be? Now, here's the, here's the tricky thing. Now, supposing you've been, say, mean to, um, Black people, you know, you're racist. You've been mean to black people. What are the chances of you coming back as a black person? Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's black belt too, bro. That's black belt too. That's real black belt stuff right there, dude. For you sure, man. Saying? Yeah, 100%. I know exactly what you're talking or, about. Or, 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 or you're, you've been tortured women, uh, you know. And next thing you know, you come back and go, oh, geez, I got titties. Uh, <laughs> oh, leaving. shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> see? See? Cause and effect. You see? That's why you don't ever have to worry about someone else's punishment or whatever. Like Trump. You know? Um, I've always had a, 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 a sort of like, like, in fact, I was on a show, uh, Sank. And those guys, and they, they're uh, ragging on Trump and everything. What did he, they said to me, what, what, what would you do to Trump? You know, if you had the power, what would you And, and I told him, I'd forgive him. Oh, and they said, man. what? Yeah, forgive him. And they said, why? I said, because it frees me. I love the feeling of forgiving. That's a beautiful feeling. Because when you forgive somebody, especially if they done shit to you, then it's all on them. It's, it's nothing to do with you. It's all on them. You get the rewards of being able to have that beautiful feeling of forgiveness because that is a beautiful forgiving feeling. That's what Jesus said when they they when, when they're torturing the shit out of them. What do you say? He said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." And 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 he he's on his way to heaven. And can you imagine? You know, as uh, someone as evolved as Jesus, he probably there's probably some secret places in in the spiritual world where these guys hang out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the green room. And, 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 and when room. they 
yeah, when they come back, you know, uh, there's rewards. There's so much reward for having a, a pure heart. The reward is having the heart. You know, it's not getting the heart, not owning the heart, not, you know, or stealing the heart. It's creating the heart. You create. You create your own. You create your own sorrow. You create your own happiness. That's that's up to you. But it's a secret because a lot of times we're we're caught in a in in, in, in our in our karma. You know, we're caught in it. We got to okay. We we did some shit that now we're paying for. It. Okay, we got to pay. Once that debt is paid, boom. Now we can evolve. But and this is what Jesus taught too: is that you can be born again. Anytime you want, and this is the last thing I'll leave with you. Man. Yeah, I love this. It, is, this is the greatest. This is the greatest thing that I I I was doing a talk. Where was it? Uh, somewhere they wanted to know for uh, up in smoke, you know. And so I was talking about up in smoke, and all of a sudden, boom! I got this this flash that just it just was so powerful that I had to share it with the people, and 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 the director or the the, the gave the talk he goes uh well i sure didn't expect that here's what i here's what i told him i told people i said the most sacred thing in the human body is the mind see clinically you can live without a heart you can live without a lungs you can live without a dick you can live without feet you can live without everything except a brain. You can't live without a brain, a mind. And when your brain dead, it's over. But until your brain dead, it's not over. So the mind is where God lives. God lives here. Now, in order to activate the God app, I call it the God app, all you have to do, this is crazy is think of God. That's all. That's all you have. To, you can't have two thoughts in the mind at the same time. It's, it's proven. Impossible. So, that's what the Bible, that's what the scripture says. Keep your mind on God and everything will happen for you. Great things will happen for you. Keep your mind on God. Paul calls it praying without ceasing. In other words, keep your mind on God. Now, of course, we can't do that every day, but when you think about it, keep your mind on God and just watch what happens. Now, with me, I use it all the time. I, I lose my phone. I, I constantly lose my phone. Okay, where's my phone? Now, I don't search for it anymore. I just put my, I close my eyes sometimes, or I just think, I laugh too, because this is silly. I'll say, okay, God, where's my phone? That phone appears. And you know what? Usually it's in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Uh, okay. So, listen, you, you have a weed company. I want to I wanna end on that. Is You got a weed company? Where can they find your weed? Is there a place they can go to buy it? Uh, at TommyChong.com. Uh, I think that's, yeah, at TommyChong is, is one place. And it, it's around. 
Brother, yeah. I love you, man. This was so, so, uh, this was one of the best episodes we've ever done. And, uh, man, that, that the end, the end is going to save people's lives and, uh, help them change their lives. And we say here all the time, nobody's coming to help you. You have to save yourself and, and, and stuff like that is what helps. As always, this is the second time I've been able to interview you and both times have, I have been blessed to uh, be able to have a conversation with you. And we, we love you very much here. Uh, the listeners of the show, they're called The Swarm, and I hope The Swarm shows you love because I know I was moved during that whole conversation. So uh, please don't hang up. I'm going to end the show, but I want to talk to you for just one second. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got I – I do. That's what you come for, in my humble opinion. I, I don't know how it gets any better than that last 15 minutes. I mean, if, you, if that didn't touch you, you're dead. That's all I got to say. So uh, we love you very much, Swarm. I hope to see you in Austin. Uh, thank you, Xavier. Thank you, Johnny. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.